This is Matt Wells at UN News. Gaza hospitals unable to feed their own patients, elective surgeries postponed for years. Those are just a few examples of what the UN's Deputy Special Coordinator for the Middle East, Jamie McGoldrick, describes as a collapsing system in freefall. On Monday, he issued an appeal as part of the Humanitarian Response Plan for next year for $350 million to help 1.4 million people in the most need across the occupied Palestinian territories, chiefly the Gaza Strip. Our UN News Arabic chief, Reem Abaza, was in Gaza with Mr McGoldrick several weeks ago and after they'd visited the main hospital there together, she asked him to outline the extent of Gaza's plight. The health sector here has been under severe uh, funding shortages for, for years. The blockade for the last 12 years by Israel has prevented goods coming in, movement. Uh, the lack of supply of key essential drugs has been uh, one of the reasons why, and the salary problem is one of the reasons why the hospitals don't operate properly. Al-Shifa is a special hospital because it's a teaching hospital. It's one of the biggest hospitals here. And as a result of that, when the Great March Return demonstration started on the 30th of March, it was a place that absorbed the biggest number of casualties, people who were wounded as a result of demonstrations. There has been 20,000 people injured and 5,000 of those uh, with live bullets. Most of the injuries are below the, the limb, uh, below the, the knee. And so what we saw today in the hospital was uh, hundreds of young men and women who have been shot below who need um, at least six or seven very complicated vascular bone reconstruction surgeries, which will take maybe two years, seven or eight operations, and it will cost millions of dollars. It needs technical support, it needs technical ability, it needs resources that this hospital, that this Gaza Strip doesn't have. And we're not even talking about the, uh, the sick, we're talking about only the wounded the yeah. emergency cases. Yeah. But, but there's a doctor cancer patients... Yeah, the doctor said this morning they've got 8,000 elective surgeries for heart surgery, for uh, cancer patients, for people regarding transplants or eye operations all of those have been left they've been pushed out of the hospital they don't longer do that in the hospital anymore they only teach trauma because that's all they deal with all the other elective surgeries have been postponed cancelled delayed or sent somewhere else and uh, that's up to it'll be years before they can clear that backlog meanwhile more and more people are getting sick the um, uh, director of the hospital said that uh, he was working he's working as a doctor for 30 years and yeah. this is the first time ever that he sees a hospital unable to feed its patients. And he asks for more support. Yeah. What can the UN do? Well, I mean, what we tried to do when the, the, the marches took place, the demonstrations, we put out a special paper, which was a white paper, which was to try and bring donor-specific funding for the health sector. We managed to get over $20 million, but that's $20 million less than we need. We need $40 million plus, and that's just to deal with the caseload we have today. Every Friday, there are more patients who arrive with bullet wounds or requiring treatment, and it just adds to the caseload. Meanwhile, the other surgeries are not taking place because there's no key essential drugs coming, not enough essential drugs. We hear from the central emergency store, the drugstore, there are some drugs that run out, they're running out in 30 days and 40 days. And then when he, he says he can't feed his people, it's indicative of the crisis that the health system faces. But the health system is only part and parcel of a broader issue, a broader issue of collapse, collapsing system and free fall. And, and if we said that the Gaza unemployment rate in Gaza is 50%, how are Gazans surviving this? Well, I mean, they always uh, flag this idea of resilience, which is something, or self-reliance that they have here in Gaza. I mean, what is, is, is a willingness to survive under very terrible conditions of a, an occupation, a blockade of inability to move around freely unless you can pay to go out from there. Most people are stuck here for most of their lives. And it's not as though you can buy everything, you can have everything. And if you're not working, seven in 10 youth don't have jobs. 
And what we're trying to do is to create cash for work programs. What we're trying to do is to get people on work schemes that gives them a trade or a skill that they can go outside or stay inside and manufacture themselves. But it's so difficult to bring in material to actually, you know, build furniture and sell furniture. It's so difficult to export material because of the restrictions that are placed on Gaza. So it's a very, very harsh environment for economic development. As a result of that, the economy is in free fall. The World Bank report in September said that very, very clear. The GDP has gone to one person and two are declared as in poverty as, as by the UN standards. So we're facing a, a crumbling, collapsing situation here. And if you put on top of that all the stresses of the Great March of Return, the demonstrations, the health system, the psychosocial, and then you've got UNRWA. UNRWA is the funding crisis for UNRWA is massive. You know, people have not got jobs, people are losing their jobs, losing their support. And that's all only adding further and further pressure on a very fragile, precarious environment. And you mentioned before that uh, 2018 was the worst uh, in uh, humanitarian funding. Uh, what was the main reason for this? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. I think, first of all, this environment in the Middle East is that there's a lot of other countries who may have got a higher profile than Palestine. And that would be like the Yemens and the Syrias and the Iraqs and the Libyas. So you compete against those unfairly. Um, and also Palestine's been around for a long, long time. People don't get the sense that there's a, there's a political solution any, any time soon. And I think on top of that, you've got maybe donor fatigue. You know, then I think with the, the funding cuts from the US towards UNRWA, I think that's basically been a catalyst for other things to happen. And I think it's all of that. So we struggle as our humanitarian response plan for 2018 is 35% funded against the global average of 50%, which I find how incredulous that is given the importance of Palestine to this Middle East region and the fact that this Palestinian question has been languishing for so many decades. And how support uh, you're getting from the Arab world, from uh, the region? Well, I mean, clearly not enough. I mean, I know that uh, recently uh, UNRWA at a pledging event in the GA received some pledges of 122 million. Much of that came from the Gulf countries. But it has to be a, a long-term prospect. It has to be a regular prospect. It has to be something we can predictably expect from these donor countries, including the Gulf, to make sure that we can plan properly. Because having uh, turning off and turning on is not the best way to plan for a population who are vulnerable and trapped.